Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Funky Farm Girl podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl, and this is episode 77, Ready for Spring. I don't know about y'all, but I am so, so ready for spring, and I'm itching to get started on my garden. But before we can go out there and start planning and doing all the things that we love so much, we have to get ready. We have to get our space ready. We have to get our soil ready. We have to get our plants ready. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. But before we get into today's episode, let's talk about our sponsor. Today we are sponsored by the Wellness Box. The Wellness Box is a clean, non-toxic home um, supply shopping club that I am a part of. All of their products are made in the USA. All of them are manufactured by themselves um, and not by other companies. This is a patriotic um, country that just honestly, their products are high quality um, at low prices. Um, We're talking um, great, great non-toxic cleaning supplies, beauty supplies, supplements, vitamins, um, snack foods, basically everything but dinner um, that you could need for your home, toiletries, uh, makeup, all of those kinds of things in one store um, delivered to your door. It's made in the USA. There are no supply chain issues and it's clean and good for your family without breaking the bank. Uh, I love this company because I didn't have to find room in my budget for it. I'm in, I was able to make easy, easy swaps from one thing to their brand um, and save a lot of money, save time going back and forth to the store and knowing that this stuff is going to be in stock. So if you're interested in finding out more about the wellness box, just click the link in the show notes. So let's get back to today's episode. We usually do a little update on what's happening on the homestead. And basically what's happening right now is it's raining. It's getting ready to be spring. And so that's, this is the time of year when um, I'm not real appreciative of being outside. It's damp and cold, basically. And it's not super cold. It's just cold enough to be miserable because it's also damp. Um, And this is when the chicken coop is especially muddy and I'm having to add more and more pine shavings in there or wood chips as I can get them. And so eggs are muddy, chickens are muddy, we're muddy from being out with the chickens and gathering eggs. And so 
this is the time of year that I just have to be patient because all that rain is going to be worth it. It's preparing the ground for spring and um, I'm real excited to get started in the garden. But um, yeah, basically that's all that's going on on the homestead right now is rain. So let's dive into today's episode. So on Instagram, um, I asked a question, what do you want to know about planting and getting ready for spring? And I had a couple really good questions that came in. So we are basing our episode today off of those questions. So if you are one of the few, the people that message me with questions, thank you so much. This episode is especially for you. Um, but let's just dive in. When we are getting ready for spring, if we can take a little bit of forethought, um, we're going to have a much higher success rate. We're going to do a lot better. We're going to get more production out of, of what we're growing. If we can take time to have just a little bit of forethought at the beginning. And so today, while you're waiting for spring to come, there are things that you can start doing now that will help you to be ready when it's time to plant things in your garden. First of all, you need to prep your ground. Okay, the first thing that you need to do is you either need to pull weeds. Um, if there are major weeds out there that are like deep-rooted and invasive and those kinds of things, we need to pull those out. You can go um, to episode 59 about weeds and um, listen to that episode and get more information about pulling those weeds and the importance of that and the right way to do it. Um, what weeds we want to pull, what weeds we can leave. Um, so episode 59 will help you with weeding. Um, if it's just like a little bit of invasive grass or things like that, sometimes you can just run a rake over it and pull out the the loose stuff on top. Um, sometimes you may need to get a weed eater and um, mow it down a little bit before you begin. Um, but don't feel like that you have to stand there and hand pull every single weed out of your garden. There are other ways to do it. So you either need to weed the big stuff, and again, go listen to episode 59 for that, or you need to cut it down. And then we want to cover it up. And you can cover it with cardboard. Um, I'm doing a lot of my garden with that right now and hoping that that cardboard will break down in time for um, last frost date. Um, there are certain parts of my garden that I won't do cardboard because I want to be able to use that soil pretty soon. Um, and I don't think it will have time to break down. So for those areas, I'll probably use newspaper. Um, you, you just need to cover it with something. Um, and depending on how long until your last frost date, um, could maybe help you determine whether you need to use, um, the newspaper or the cardboard you could also use like packing paper or butcher paper or something like that if you have a lot of it um i mentioned newspaper and cardboard because it's really cheap and really easy to get lots of so um go ahead and cover it with the cardboard make sure that you're using the plain brown cardboard um like an amazon box pull all the labels off pull all the tape off break down the box and then just lay it down in the garden um if you're using product boxes that have glossy print on them they're just not going to break down as well um that outside portion 
um, with the printing on it. So they don't tend to work quite as well. So go for the shipping container type boxes and things. So um, put those down over top of the um, the weeds and things like that. And then I cover it with wood chips. And um, that will be something that we will talk about um, in our next thing when we talk about preparing the soil. So um, you're going to want to weed and then you're going to want to cover um, and you can do one of two things at this point. You can either prep your soil and add some things to the ground and then cover. Um, but what I prefer to do is to cover and then put the amendment on top. Because one, that amendment is going to help break down the cover um, and get down into the soil. But also suppress the weeds, which is what the cover is for. Okay, so we're going to prep our ground, our ground by weeding and then cutting down whatever is out there that's just you know like grass that's come in or something like that you can just use a weed eater and go through that cover it with the cardboard or the um, newspaper then you're going to want to amend your soil um, and again this might seem kind of weird to do this after you've covered your dirt but believe me it's going to help to break down the cover that you just put on it okay um, so you're going to put um, something plant-based on top of it okay you're going to want to put something or excuse me not plant-based animal-based um, on top of it you're going to want to put something like manure or aged compost um, worm castings um, these are all things that you can go to the garden store and look for and buy um, in bags and then just throw it on your dirt and depending on what size your garden is is going to depend on how you're going to want to do this if you're doing this with containers um, or raised beds um, one of the questions that I had was about prepping and nourishing your soil in raised beds or containers so if you're doing it in those you're going to want to apply Maybe a bag to each one or a couple bags depending on how big your raised beds are. Um, for containers, I tend to dump all of those into a Rubbermaid tote, all the dirt. And then I mix in the compost or the worm castings um, or the manure into that. And then I refill my containers with the new soil because that's going to refresh it and give it a little bit more boost um, for what you need. So... All you're going to need to do really to prep your soil is apply some manure or worm castings, compost, something like that. And then once you've put that on there on top of your cover, then you're going to cover that with wood chips. Okay, wood chips are fantastic for your garden. They're going to help suppress weeds. They're going to help hold in moisture. They're going to keep the soil warmer. Um when it's cold they're going to keep the soil cooler when it's really hot um, they're going to begin to break down especially i'm talking about wood chips here and not mulch that's a different thing mulch is wood that has been broken down into same size pieces and is used for like decorative purposes and stuff and it will um, break down over time but it's not going to give you the same benefit as wood chips wood chips are from tree trimmings 
that have been run through a wood chipper so that you have leaves as well as wood and they're broken down into pieces but they're not all the same size so you're going to have some that are small some that are bigger some that are green and some that are brown okay and so that um, is a different kind of biological composition on your soil and it's going to decompose at different rates and so it's going to give you a long slow benefit um, over top of your dirt um, I would chip everything that I can. Um, if you need um, more information about wood chips, you can go to episode 56 and listen to The Wonder of Wood Chips because that episode really, really explains in depth um, why I chose wood chips, why that's what I use, and it goes into how to make that super affordable. There are lots of different options when it comes to that, and it is one of the most affordable ways to cover your garden. So, that's what you're going to need to do for preparing your soil. You're going to want to add in some kind of amendment, um, like manure or worm castings or compost, and then you're going to want to cover that with wood chips. And that's going to suppress any um, weed seeds that might be in your in your garden soil from sprouting and beginning to grow okay so that's going to suppress a lot of the weeds in your garden and you're not going to be out there all summer weeding because who really wants to do that we really want to be out there picking tomatoes and flowers and oohing and on over how beautiful everything is we don't want to be out there pulling out the bad all all summer long so doing this prep work now will help us to achieve that goal later on this summer so we've got our weeds pulled we've covered everything with the newspaper or the cardboard we've added some manure or worm castings or compost on top of that we've got the wood chips over top of that now we need something to plant right okay so another big question that i had was about how do you decide whether to plant seeds or a seedling and um, I want to address that before we start talking about prepping your plants. First of all, you need to know when your last frost date is because that's going to be important when it comes to timing of of when to start things. Um, because seeds a lot of times are going to need to be started about six weeks before your final frost. Which in my zone where I am in my area here in North Carolina... We're coming up on that date here in the next week or so. So it is time for me to start seeds if I'm going to be doing it that way. Um, I decide on whether or not to plant seeds or seedlings based on a couple things. Um, one, the quantity that I want to plant. I am planting a whole, whole bunch of green beans this year. It is not... Um, Unless I'm able to go to a farm store and buy seeds in bulk, um, that's that's going to be the way I'm going to want to do my seeds this year. It's not going to be financially feasible for me to buy all the green bean seed plants that I would need to grow the amount of green beans that I want. Because when you're looking at, on average, $4 a plant, um, I mean, even five plants is going to be $20. And am I going to get $20 worth of green beans out of my garden from that many plants? When I can buy a pack of seeds 
for two fifty nine, and I will have probably twenty five seeds in there that will make me twenty five plants. So um, do the math when it comes to quantity. If you're only wanting to do a couple little things, um, or like, for example, with my peppers, I tend to buy plants rather than seeds for peppers because I don't want a ton of peppers. So for me to buy a seed pack that has 25 seeds in it, I don't want 25 jalapeno seeds plants and 25 bell pepper plants and 25 um, habanero plants or or whatever um so I will only buy like three of each plant and put those in the garden instead of buying the seeds and having all those extra plants that will produce way more peppers than we're going to eat so part of it is quantity um, if it's something that you only want a little bit of and you only need a couple plants, go ahead and just buy the plants. If it's something that you want to grow lots and lots of, definitely recommend the seeds. Another reason that you may need to buy one versus the other is availability. Um, I love heirloom plants. I love heirloom tomatoes. And heirloom tomatoes, unless you live somewhere like I do... I live near a couple different farms that sell rural um, tomato starts. They sell heirloom tomatoes as plant starts. Um, if if you live in a metropolitan area or if you if you don't live near farm country anywhere, it may be really really difficult for you to find, say, a purple Cherokee tomato plant start. Um, but it's very very easy for you to go buy heirloom seeds online and get 25 seeds to make your own purple Cherokee heirloom tomatoes. So part of it is availability. What can you find as seeds pretty easily and what can you find as plants pretty easily? Um, some things is based on the ease of growing it from a seed. Or if you have things that failed as a seed and then you can just go buy a plant start and do that. So maybe you start um, seeds for herbs and none of them grow very big or they don't germinate or maybe they're really skinny and leggy and not very healthy. Then you could go buy plant starts to replace those. Um, I tend to have a hard time growing certain herbs and so I'll go and buy those as plant starts. Lavender is something that if you want to grow for tea or sachets or herb uses and things like that, um, lavender is extremely hard to grow from seed. I've succeeded one time and my plant after a year is still only about six inches tall. Um, so lavender is definitely something I'm going to buy as an existing plant. I'm not going to try to grow that from seed. Um, but yes, Quantity, availability, and the ease of growing, success, failure of, of growing from seed um, are all things that I consider when I factor in whether or not to go ahead and buy the plant start or go ahead and um, start from seed. So now that we know what we're going to start from seed and what we're going to buy plant starts for, how do we get started? 
um, when it comes to starting with plants you're going to need to know that last frost date so that you know when to put them outside because uh, otherwise you're going to need um, to keep them at least near a sunny window you may need some grow lights um, depending on how large your seed start your starter plants are and then you're going to need to harden them off where you're taking them outside for um, some sun over the course of several days um, for a little bit more and a little bit more to get them used to being outside with the wind and the sun and the cold and the weather fl fluctuations and things. Um, to me, that's that's more involved than I want to be. So if I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna do starter plants, I tend to not buy them until after my frost date, so that I can just take them home and put them in the ground, and then I don't have to deal with any of those little details um, that I just mentioned. Um, if I'm going to start from seed, there are three different ways to do it. Number one, you can um, start seeds in trays, um, put them under grow lights. Um, it's really good if you're doing those to water them from the bottom um, and have the grow lights over them really close to the soil and then adjust it and lift it as the plants grow. And then, like I said, put them outside for a couple hours um, over time so that they can get used to being outside and it, it's called hardening off um, and then when it's time you can plant them in your garden um, some people love to start seeds I have not had a lot of success with that the method that I have had a lot of success with has been winter sowing and I talk about that in episode 42 um, in great detail and also, if you go to my Instagram page, I have a reel um, on there about winter sowing. And I also have a highlight bubble um, on my profile page that um, breaks it down a little bit more slowly. It's the same information, but it's, it's in a slower pace. And you can, you know, hold your finger on there and read the screen a little bit better. Um, if you want information about how to do that. But winter sowing is essentially making your own little mini greenhouses. Um, I use milk and water jugs because um, we have plenty of those here. You can also use juice jugs, um, tea jugs. You can even use two liter soda bottles um, if you need to. Um, but what you're going to do is want to make sure that it's as clear as possible if it's got like a label wrapped around it with soda bottles or something, you take that off. Um, you're going to put a drainage hole on the side of the bottom and a couple on the very bottom. And then you're going to cut three quarters of the way around so that you make like a flap of the top. Put some soil in there. Make sure it's moist soil. Sprinkle your seeds on top. You don't even have to like bury them a certain depth or anything. You put them on top. Tap it down with your hand. Um and then um, you put the lid back on it you duct tape around it to seal it shut and then you have the opening in the top that you do not put a cap on and that opening allows um, moisture to get in from rain and such but um, it also helps to build up um, steam and condensation in there so that it it will keep the plant warmer than being outside in the ground wood. And you can do those as early as January. 
and you just take them and set them out in your yard somewhere where they're not going to get tipped over by wind. Um, I typically will put them where I want them in the garden um, or I just take them all out there and I put them on top of the wood chips on the garden um, so that they're getting the same kind of um, sun exposure and things that they would be once they're planted. Um, and then once the days start to get really warm and those plants are really established and you're getting closer and closer to that frost date, um, you can take the tape off and flip open the top and give them some sunshine. Um, just make sure to flip it back closed at night um, if you still have frost going on. And then when it's time, you just separate those plants out from the jug and put them in the ground. Um, it's a very simple method. Um, it's a lot more foolproof than starting seeds inside. It's not as involved. Um, one big plus for me is that I don't have to find space in my house for it. Um, we live in a little farmhouse. We don't have a lot of space to set up a whole grow light situation with shelves for starting seeds. And so this is perfect because it's out in the yard. And it will do just fine out there. Um, so um, the other thing that you can do with seeds is you can just direct sow. There are some things that this time of year I could go ahead and plant. I can go ahead and plant root vegetables like radishes and carrots and beets and turnips. I can plant cold weather greens like um, kale and spinach. Um, and so some of those kinds of things I will just direct so right into the ground. Um, I'll also probably start lettuces not long after those. Um, and so... Um, what I plan to do this year is, is to have my list of everything that I want to plant and sort it by date as far as um, when it can be planted or when it needs to be started. Um, and then I can go in order from that and either direct sow it into the ground or start the winter jugs, the winter sowing jugs, and get those rolling so that we can um, have plant starts for our garden. Um, and then once I'm ready to plant everything in the ground and we're past our frost date, then I'll go to the store and buy whatever plant starts that I need. So that is basically all that we need to know for um, getting stuff ready for spring. Those are things that you can start doing now um, to get ready for spring. Um, I am in zone 7B, which that zone basically... A zone is just going to give you what your average um, high and low temps are in your area. Um, and so zone 7B covers quite a lot of the United States. And so if you're in my zone, you don't have snow and stuff like that on the ground. But even if you do have snow on the ground, some of this stuff is possible even now. Um, you may not be able to, to weed and cover and all that, but you can go ahead and do winter sowing. Um, and that will be fine. Um, the As soon as you can see the ground and you can pull weeds, then go ahead and, and do that and get it covered and get your amendments on top of it and go ahead with the wood chips. Um, because you definitely want to try to do that before um, you're getting lots and lots of warm temperatures that start 
the seeds sprouting from the weeds. Um, you'll have a lot less to contend with if you can cover it while it's still cold. So if you have any questions about any of the things that we talked about today, you can email me, the Funky Farm Girl Podcast at gmail.com. Again, the Funky Farm Girl Podcast at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to answer your questions. Also, check, up, check out episode 44 to get you a list of things that you can grow. That's our top 10 easy things to grow um, in your garden this year. So that's a great episode that you can go back and listen to from last year and get an idea of what you can be growing out in your garden. And thanks again to my followers over on Instagram that sent me the questions to help me do this episode today. I really hope it's helpful and I hope that you will hop on over to Instagram and join me there to see what's growing in my garden all year long. Thanks for stopping by y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.